Let Eurovision Queens begin! Welcome to Eurovision Queens, a podcast devoted to the annual music extravaganza that is the Eurovision Song Contest. Hello, I'm Andy. I know far too much about Eurovision, but I'm secretly quite proud of that. And I'm Ryan, a Eurovision newcomer on a journey to strange new musical lands, with Spotify receipts to prove it. Hello! Episode 15 energy! (laughs) (laughs) What a show we've got coming up for you, full of eclectic Eurovision goodness. And we're very firmly in national final season, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Happening all around us. The heats have started. Um, there's some finals that are taking place around now. And we're excited to see the 2023 contest in Liverpool take shape. There's going to be so many good acts. And on that note, we are planning a few special bonus episodes focusing on a number of different national finals. Obviously Melfest, because we're going to be there. Yeah. But some others along the way. Good stuff. So, so look out for those. Exactly. <laughs> but we'll be carrying on with our main show, these regular episodes, um, throughout the national final season as well. Yeah, this is going to be little nugget shows, so people don't miss any of the new good stuff coming out. Yeah, we want to celebrate it, because mm. so many of the songs, I and mean, we were just listening to the UMK songs, and so many of them are good, and only one of them most people will get to hear, so it's mm. nice to... Well, that's if they get through to the finale. That's true. Some people might not even hear that. Well, you're right. They might only just get to the semi-final. Yeah. Might be denied the Saturday night performance. Can you believe that some people don't watch the semi-final? Those people are useless. They're dead to us. (laughs) (laughs) Don't understand. I'm waiting for a text from Anna Korgadal, my good friend from Sweden. Just ask her, if I just said one of the artists that we're covering this, this time in this episode... What's her immediate thoughts? And I've come, she's come back with a, with a text thread. Already? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually asking her important things that are work-related, but she's come back with some Eurovision goodness, which I'll share later. Ooh. No, but she's come back with some Eurovision information, which I'll come back with later. Ooh, some local, Lo- local knowledge. Local knowledge for local people. <laughs> <laughs> this is a local shop for local people. There's nothing for you here. Right. On with the show. We have seven categories, do we not? Yes. Each episode, we aim to play seven Eurovision songs based on seven different categories. I'm reading your line. (laughs) (laughs) I don't mind. It's nice to mix it up. (laughs) What are the first three categories? Well, I'm glad you asked. The first three categories are all time-locked to different periods in Eurovision history. 2010s to the present day, 90s and noughties, and 80s and earlier, back all the way to 1956. The second three will be a UK entry, a song that failed to make it past the semi-finals, and a Juice Award for an act that never got to Eurovision but should have done. Good stuff. And then finally, we have the randomizer. <sighs> Which sometimes is a good thing, sometimes a bad thing. Let's see whether it's in a good mood this week. Mm, last time it was kind of good to us. It was. Maybe it's having a good time. Maybe good it's moment. got on board <laughs> with the team. So if that sounds like it's up your strata, it's time for that familiar anthem.
So what have we got first? So up first, in 2010s to present day, we've got Hope by Stefan, who represented Estonia in 2022. Just last year. Mm. was Stefan with Hope. Indeed it was. And we've just watched back his performance from the 2022 final. But of course he performed in the semi-final as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? I really enjoy that. Obviously, I mean, this is one of my picks. So yeah. But And obviously because it's a newer one, I know it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I, I remember not really having much of an opinion on this song until seeing it on the stage and it just kind of all came together for me because yeah. it, it embraces that sort of cowboy vibe yeah um you've got the sepia effect 
at the beginning. You have the sort of crack film with flecks on it. And yeah. yeah, I like that. And then when the chorus hits, it just bursts into colour and bursts into life. And I mean, he performs it so full of joy. Hmm. It's one of those ones that we've like we've talked about before, where it's like we're at their concert and we're not at the Eurovision Song Contest. And I think with that one, you can just see how happy he is to be there. Yeah. And just having such a good time. And it just brings the song up to yeah. like a new level. Yeah, he has such energy. I love the fact that he's got his guitar, is ready to do so on his back. <laughs> he's ready to use it. He's not afraid to. Um, the only thing I don't like is his outfit. I don't like the fact that he's all in this sort of like cream. I suppose he's meant to be a cowboy. That's mm. the idea. But you either up that more or you have a contrast. I don't know. I didn't quite like the, the trousers. I struggled with the trousers. They're not leathery enough for you, are they? <laughs> Lean into the cowboy leather thing for me. Yeah. Thank you, Stefan. Because <laughs> you've got the legs for it. <laughs> um, but how did it do? I don't think it did that well. I think it did okay. Yeah. So it did much better in the semi-final. Yeah. It was fifth Ooh, in the semi-final. Okay. But what about in the end? Do you remember? I think it was like the bottom third. No, it was 13th. Oh, okay. So that's much better than I thought then. So that's about halfway down, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, well done, Stefan. Do you want to find out a bit more about him? Yes, I literally know nothing about Stefan. I mean, you have no choice. Apart from, I assume he's a cowboy. Well, obviously, (laughs) an Estonian cowboy. Yes. Doing stuff with cattle on the plains of Estonia. Probably near, where's in Estonia? Trying to think of somewhere. Uh, Oh, what's the capital of Estonia? Riga. No, that's Latvia, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to say Hopesville. Hopesville. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, Tallinn, of course. I haven't even... I, can you just prove? I just started to Google search, but it hasn't come up with the answer. But as I was searching, I thought it's Tallinn. I can confirm that <laughs> Google has not filled in the blanks yet. <laughs> <laughs> but if I now put in T capital of Estonia. <laughs> well, it's uh, Estonia time is the first thing that comes up. Yes, I know, but... <laughs> so I got it without Google. Thank you. Yeah, Tallinn. Yeah, he's roaming the plains of Tallinn mm-hmm. or near Tallinn mm, whilst he sings this song. Yep. Bless his heart. So let me tell you a bit more about him. He is Armenian originally. So he moved to Estonia from Armenia. His name is Stefan Harapetian and he was born on Christmas Eve 1997. Oh, he's young. Oh, he's only 25. Bless him. Best known for winning the first edition of the Estonian version of The Masked Singer. Oh, I'm sad for all these countries who have to endure The Masked Singer. It's bad enough that we have it, then then it's turned into a franchise and every country has to suffer it. Mm -hmm. So, Maskis Lalja, which is the Estonian version. That that suggests he must have been famous already, because otherwise you can't be on The Masked Singer if you're famous. Yes, exactly, yeah. So everyone's like... (gasps) Take it off, take it off. Yeah. Oh, it's Stefan! Oh, wow, it's Stefan! <laughs> they're all surprised. <laughs> yeah, so let's find out why people knew him before that. Uh, it's because he's entered the music competition Este Lal, which is the Estonian national final on four separate occasions, um, including the one he won in 2022. So he first entered it in 2018 with um, as part of a duo called Vaje with the song Laura, brackets, walk with me. That sounds dodgy. Mm-hmm. Um, his first solo entry, though, was in 2019 with the song Without You. And 2020, the song By My Side. So he's had some good placings. He's been third. He's been third 
um, yeah, third twice, and he was seventh with By My Side. And then he went all the way through his all his heats and semifinals in Estee Lyle in 2022. So another possible juice award if we looked yes, into we them. Could go back to those, <laughs> couldn't we? Gosh, yeah. that's a rich vein. Makes note, <laughs> Stefan Estonia Estee Lyle. Important question to ask you: Do you think he's sexy? Yes, you do. Yeah, he is, isn't he? He's got that sort of like swarthy sort of Eastern sexy look. Yeah. Good. (laughs) (laughs) How do we agree? (laughs) Okay. So that was in our 2010s to the present day slot. Mm -hmm. It's time to travel rather inevitably now to Sweden for the next category, 90s and noughties. Who have we got? We've got Lena Philipson with It Hurts who sang for Sweden in 2004. 
So that was Lena Philipson with It Hurts. And I was very pleased to see her end there with Taksumike, which means thanks so much. Mm. So what do you think? <laughs> yeah, I know the song and I like the song, but that performance was all about the mic stand. Yes, it really was, wasn't it? It was very suggestive. At the time, it was kind of, that was, seemed to be quite scandalous and naughty. Yeah, but also she's holding on to it the whole time. Like, is she right on her pins? Oh, really? You felt <laughs> that? No, well, it was like that. It was like, is, is this just sort of some, some sort of crutch or something? But it wasn't. It, but yeah, it's it makes you realise how simple the show was back in the day like that. Oh, is that what you thought about? Kind of, yeah. Because there was no interaction with the backing singers who were on the stage with her, but all the way off to one side... Yeah, but I and think she that's was because just... that was, it's kind of a solo performance and it would take away from it if she interacted with them, I think. Yeah, but so why does she hold the mic stand the whole time? It's so she can be suggestive with it and swing it around and kick it with her foot and um, straddle it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something I like about this song that I've forgotten is all the, what I call, dugadings. Which go through it and I really like those. So thank you for those, Lena Phillips. Lena? Lena? It's probably Lena. Mm. Um, I teach a lot in Sweden and often there's three or four Lenas in each room when I teach. <laughs> Obviously like, you're named after her. So I have to call them Lena123. Yeah. It's only fair. Do you ask which one it hurts the most? <laughs> no. Mm. <laughs> so 2004, that was the year that Roslana won. We also had Sakis with Shake It. But what position did it come, do you think? I reckon it might have come eighth. Eighth? Say. Yeah. It was one of the favourites to win that year. Yeah. Does well, that I know it didn't win. <laughs> Does that change your opinion? No. No. I'm sticking with eighth. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> it finished fifth. Okay. I think it was fifth equal, actually, but I can't remember what it was with. But yes. That's not too far away from eight then. No, it's not. So I don't know what you were going on about. <laughs> <laughs> so this is the artist that had a conversation before the show with my good friend Anna Korgadal, who is based in Sweden, in mm. Uppsala. <laughs> and I was saying, if I say Lena Philipson to you, what do you think of? And one of the first things that occurred to her was that apparently she makes all her own clothes, all her stage outfits and everything. So like that pink dress we saw. Mm-hmm. With, with matching boots. lipstick. Yeah, and the lipstick. And the boots. Yeah. So she's really well known in Sweden for that. Although I have seen an interview, I just had a quick look and it says, I don't have time to make my own clothes anymore. (laughs) That's that's old Lena. Right. But yes, she did. But going into this in 2004, she was hugely well known because she'd already entered Melfest two previous times and she'd had, I think maybe even three times, and she'd had a really successful um, career. Mm. And in the late 90s, there was a theatre show that was sold out for two and a half years, which was the Lena Philipson show. Oh, wow. So she's hugely well known. But just as much as for It Hurts as for her other songs. So previously in Melfest, she sang, first of all, in 1986 with the, the song Charlotte and which came second. And that means love is eternal. Then the following year, she returned with Danse in Neon, which is Dancing in Neon, which came fifth. Then she tried again in 88, so three years in a row. Om again, which means yet again. <laughs> she probably was thinking yet again. <laughs> she came second. Oh, painful. Oof. And then she's like, oh, I've had it with this. Sword Melfest, she was probably thinking. And it wasn't until 16 years late until she came back later and she was finally successful. Wow. Um, in 2004. 
um, after she was already really well known. But she has that confidence and that stagecraft. I know there was the microphone humping, but she is a confident performer and you, you believe it. Mm. She has the Charlotte Pirelli quality. She does. She does. She's had 13 albums. She's had 16 singles in Sweden. Of course, this is her most successful international hit, um, the English version um, being It Hurts, but it was called Der Gorant, which means it hurts, obviously, in Swedish. So I thought we'd play a little of Charleken Ar Evig, which is also the name of her album, which is the song she came second with when she first entered Melfest in 1986. Love is Eternal, Charleken Ar Evig, Song by Lena Phillips. That was a bit of Lena singing Charlotte in our Evig. So we now move on to what category, Ryan? Ooh, we're going back to 50s to 80s. We've just had a bit of 80s then, haven't we? Yeah, well, that's <laughs> kind of easing us into the 80s a bit then, I suppose, isn't it? That's fair. Um, <laughs> but we're actually going back into the 70s this time. This was the entry for Luxembourg in 1978. This is Parlez-vous Francais by... Baccarat. Baccarat? Baccarat. Baccarat. That's right. Baccarat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that man stood before me 
So that was Baccarat with Parlez-vous Francais. I had a bit of confusion at the start of that because they're Spanish. Mm-hmm. They're singing in French, mm-hmm. but they represented Luxembourg. Mm. I don't understand Luxembourg in Eurovision. I never did back in the day and I never understand it now. It seems that any old person can rock up and say, oh, I'm representing Luxembourg. Is Luxembourg a wild card? Well, it feels like it. I mean, where is it? It's between Belgium, France and Germany, is it? Isn't it there? Somewhere like that. It's tiny. Yeah. But um, I was once told by the actor Clifford Rose never to visit it because there's nothing there. Right. And he's he was one of the nicest people on the planet. <laughs> so if he said there was nothing there, there really was nothing there. Right. Yeah, it's just odd because like we had for Luxembourg, we had that Vicky Neandros song 
as well, didn't we? Which is that famous one. But that was also for Luxembourg, and she's French. So, yeah, maybe they've just got lots of money and they're knicker elastic and they can just get money out and hire people to to sing for them. Yeah, I mean, we had Gina G, so we can't talk. I know, but <laughs> she, I think she'd moved to the UK. Mm. I think it's different, actually. Okay. But Bakra mm-hmm. were famous at this point because they'd already had a number one in the UK singles chart in October 77. Um, so just a few months before with Yes Sir, I Can Boogie. And if you know Yes Sir, I Can Boogie, you the similarities. Honestly, they almost sing it at this at one point. Yeah, it does sort of blend in at some point, doesn't yeah. it? Almost. You could, you know, like you say, you could sing along to it. But it also made us think about Cod French and how, you know, that, that sort of French that you hear all the time. That It's kind of that, I call it schoolboy French or schoolgirl French. And I will break into this when I'm in France in a really embarrassing way. <laughs> oh, God. And, you know, il pleut dans le jardin avec le chien et le chat sur la plage and all this stuff. Stuff that doesn't really make what sense. What did your dog do? <laughs> <laughs> it the cat and it went to the beach. Oh. <laughs> and then it was, it was on the table. Sur la table. Ah. <laughs> yeah, see, this, this just makes me think of Flight of the Concords. Yes, exactly so, that. Which I just made you play. I know, and you played it for me before. <laughs> yeah. I just love that song anyway. Fafa. Yeah. It's brilliant. Mm. So it's good. very similar to this, like... <laughs> Lots of French things that I'm going to say. Yeah, it's like... In a seductive French voice. Pamplemousse. Comment ça va? Yes, all of that, which is kind of that, what this song is like, isn't it? It's it's kind of taking that, but it's it's not a serious song, is it, at all? It's kind of it's kind of like, this is kind of entry-level French, which we're going <laughs> to... Yeah. It's my oral exam. Yes. Do you want to know a bit about the Spanish vocal duo Baccarat? Try and tell me something I don't already know. Well, I thought the history of Buck's Fizz was checkered and complicated. Oh. But, oh, so you know how Buck's Fizz, they then have Split there's, there's two now. versions of Buck's Fizz and there's the Fizz and yep. then there's Mike Nolan's Buck's Fizz and there's been the original Buck's Fizz. Baccarat, exactly the same trajectory. Oh, God. Because they fell out. Big style. Ooh. So the two Spanish flamenco dancers originally, Mete Matios and Maria Mendiola, who were discovered on the island of Fuerteventura, the Canary Islands. Ugh. And they were singing traditional songs for tourists and signed them to the label, RCA Records, in the mid-70s. And then, of course, they had Yes, Sir, I Can Boogie and this for Eurovision. But post-Eurovision, ah, the acrimony, the arguments, the legal battles threatened to destroy Baccarat completely. Mm, I just want to know which one is Baccarat now and which one is the Baccarat. We're getting there. The new Baccarat. So there are currently two versions of Baccarat. Mete Matios's Baccarat, which formed in 1983 and is still going to the present day. Now then there was also Maria Mendiola's Baccarat, which was from 85 to 2021. But then Maria Mendiola had died, sadly, in 2021. And the person she was singing with as Baccarat, Christina Sevilla, she has formed a new Baccarat with another singer, Helen de Quiroga, and it's called Christina Sevilla and Helen de Quiroga's Baccarat. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> so, so the original um, Sugar Babes here yeah, then, really. They absolutely there's more, are. There's more members of Baccarat than there are Sugar Babes. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened to call this disharmony? Well, in 1980, they released a single called Sleepy Time Toy. I'm sure it was a big hit. Um, but it led to a disagreement because of the vocal mix that was used. Maria Mendiola complained 
that her voice wasn't sufficiently prominent on the track. It was really a Matios solo. Um, I mean, anyone who listens to it would obviously realise it was made to Matios solo, really. And mm-hmm. The other one was really on the track. There was a court hearing in Munich, and it was massive, massive court dispute, and none of the parties came out unscathed, and they split and formed the different Baccarats. So, yeah, a story of acrimony and hardship, yes. Wow, and there's no happy ending. There's not. Well, certainly not for Maria Mendiola. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. But my word of warning, if you're going to go to a Baccarat concert, you've got to find out, is it got original Baccarat in it? Or is it completely new Baccarat without any Baccarat in it? Mm. That's what you need to know. I mean, you wouldn't want to go to see... If you went to see Bucks Fizz and it was just Mike Nolan and three pretty girls that he's picked up from somewhere, disappointing. But mm. if you go to see the Fizz, honestly, that's way better because it's got three of the original members. You've got Jay, you've got... Oh, no, I'm the wrong way around. <laughs> Mike Nolan is not... Oh. I've got a correction to make. Earlier, I said Mike Nolan was running Bucks Fears. No, it's not. It's Bobby G who kept the rights to Bucks Fears, and he sings with Bucks Fears. But if you went to a concert, a Bucks Fears concert, I'm clapping, you'd want to know that you're going to see The Fears with Mike Nolan, Jay Aston, and Cheryl Baker, wouldn't you? So you'd want to go and see The Fears? Yes, not Bucks Fears, because you just say Bobby G with some girls. Yeah. Well, who's the extra person? Or is there not an extra person in the Fizz? There was an extra person in the Fizz who was, I think it was originally David Van Day from Dollar, who was a dreadful person. And then it was the man from Sweet Dreams. That's what I thought, yeah. Yes, but he's since left. Oh, and it's just okay. the three of them again. And they're just saying, oh, it's just the three of us. Just Let's not fizz. bother. Let's not replace him. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, you've made me talk about Bucks Fizz. And, well, um, let's talk about Sugar Babes next. Because, <laughs> <laughs> of course, they've reformed. The original, the original three, yeah. Yes. I don't know. I think they've even got the name back. Have they? Did they have to fight for it? Mm. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Oh, it's messy, isn't it? Oh, it is messy. <laughs> it is messy. Make sure those contracts are tight. Thank you for listening to Eurovision Queens. Why not come and have a conversation with us on Twitter at EuroQueensPod? Or if you're on Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens, where we're uploading lots of very exciting reels. On both of those, there's also a link in our bio to our Spotify playlist for everything that we've played in the show so far. Back to the show. We are moving on to the UK entry. It's quite, it feels like a bit of a golden oldie show, this one, because we're going back to 1991. Who have we got? We have got Samantha Janus with A Message to Your Heart yeah. from 1991. I've got something to say about that, and I'll say it after we've heard it. Ooh, save that. Tease people into the... <coughs> into the song. Into the song. <laughs>
Janus. So that was Samantha Janus <laughs> with a message to your art mm. <laughs> conducted by Ronnie Ezel Erst. <laughs> it's like an episode of a lower low, isn't it? Oh. Honestly. But yes, you announced her as Samantha Janus, but she's very public on record that it's Janus. Oh, whoops. Not Janus rhyme with anus. Presumably for that reason. <laughs> Janus rhyming with nothing. Anus. What does Janus rhyme with? <laughs> nothing. <laughs> Anyway, I always feel for Samantha when I see that because I think she pretty much hated every minute of it. And it's what she's... People keep going back to the fact that she was in Eurovision. Mm -hmm. It didn't do that well. She thought her career was absolutely over. Mm -hmm. She thought it was ridiculous that she was singing this song about child poverty when she was in a pink dress. And you said it. What was it you said? She said about there before the grace of God and she's in a sexy lingerie. I know. And that's what she thought as well. She thought it was ridiculous. Oh, okay. Yeah, bless her heart. I suppose back in the 90s, women didn't get a say in anything back then, did they? I think so. I, I can just see that she was just like, right, you've got to go do this, mm. perform the hell out of it. This is going to be your career in music. Etc. But it kind of was the end of her career in music. But she sidestepped into acting and has been very successful in that oeuvre. Mm. Anyway, before we get onto that, what did you think of the song? It's, I imagine the studio recording is probably really good. It is. <laughs> and I liked it. I yeah. liked it a lot. So I went into this contest thinking, yeah. we've got a really good chance this year. Yeah. yeah. And then as soon as it starts, you're like... there's just one or two notes on there and also she's just not the strongest singer is she 
Her voice is a little thin. Well, and if it was like Samantha and the somethings, you know, like the backing dancers. Samantha and the Januses. Samantha and the Januses. Bring, and, and, you know, have the backing singers be yeah. part of it because they are so front and centre. Yeah. And just lean into that more. Yeah. It would have probably been better, but yeah. So I'm going to tell you about the backing dancers who were in the three, um, in the white dresses. Back, oh, backing vocalists. So I was going to tell you about the backing vocalists who were in the three white dresses. And one of them was bent over at one point. They looked like they had serious backache. Mm. They were Zoe Pico, Lucy Morby and Nikki Belcher. Hello, if you're listening. They were, they were brilliant. She had backache from carrying those vocals. <laughs> she was also joined by two other ghost backing singers. Oh. Gosh. Masked by a music stand at the back of the stage. And I did spot someone. And one of them was Kit Rolf, ah, who sang Love Games. She was the lead singer of Bell and Devotions. Ah, right. And the other one was Hazel Dean, famous Hazel Dean, 80s popstrel, who was signed by Stockhead and Waterman, who's Zoom in Who and all that stuff. Do you not remember her? No. It's before your time, isn't it? Mm. Anyway, how did it do in the final? Um, I'm going to assume it probably did better than it should have done. Mm. I feel like it probably came sixth. Yeah, that's what I thought, but it only came 10th, which is pretty poor, really. Particularly seeing as it was sung 20th, so quite late on in the contest. Mm. So only to come 10th, it wasn't liked. Mm. Um, It was this performance and the disappointment of the previous year, Emma singing Give a Little Love Back to the World, that prompted the UK to go for a different route. And this is when we started to get big name acts in. Michael Ball was the following year. Mm. We're not going to try these untested people. We're going to, we want to win this. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Can we just talk about the stage again, though? Honestly, Jesus, the 1991 contest in, where is it? It's in Italy, but where is is it in Italy? So that was in Rome, and it had that terrible, terrible stage, didn't it? It looks like the front of a hotel. Yeah, with with these two big gargoyles, and I think people were walking in and out of the door as well. I don't know if they were, wasn't it a flat? Well, no, because the co-host walked out at the end. Mm. Yeah, Toto Katugno, or was it the woman? Giglio Lekinchetti. It was her. Mm. Who had won Eurovision years before. Oh, heart goes out to her. <laughs> I'm having to deal with him all night. Oh. He's one of these horrible, toxic men who takes up all the oxygen and was adding his own little ad-libs. Well, he it blew just... Samantha a kiss in the middle of her mm. name, and oh. it made me feel, it made me cringe. And it's not even my name. I know. Ugh. Stop it. Well, the executive supervisor at the time was Frank Neff, and he was furious that night. Do you remember when we watched the Eurovision again? And he was ang- so angry with him. He was like, no, that's incorrect. You're useless. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he didn't quite say you're useless, but it was getting towards that. Okay. So that was Samantha Janice. We should talk a bit more about her career since. She was born in 72. Oh, so your birthday twin. Yes. Not your sister. Not my sister. She went on from Eurovision to... Well, yeah, a few years later, she was one of the leads in Game On, where she played Mandy. And then she was in Pie in the Sky as a regular and Babes in the Wood. But she's best known, of course, for playing Ronnie Mitchell in EastEnders for years and years and years and years. <laughs> yeah, there's that really weird final episode where they both died in a swimming pool. Did you see that? No. Ronnie and Roxy Mitchell, the two sisters, and they just died getting tangled in each other's wedding dress. It was such a weird... Oh, oh, did one of them die? One of them, maybe, but I don't remember which one. Anyway, it was odd. This is the person from this episode I've actually met. Well, I say I met. I sat next to her on a table. I don't know, next table in Browns in Cambridge, which was just next to where I worked. And she was there with her actor husband, 
Mark Womack. And she's known now as Samantha Womack, not Samantha Janus. She's finally given up on trying to make Janus happen. Mark Womack is the baddie in the film Dancing Through the Dark, which I made you watch. Oh, yes. He's the one who's trying to stop her from leaving. Yeah. Yes. So, yeah, he's a really good actor. I think she's a good actor, actually. She, she was really good in EastEnders. One of the reasons why I watched it. But maybe less of a singer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's not have a comeback single. <laughs> maybe. But I, I understand that she has been singing, though, because she's Morticia in the Adams Family musical that's been doing the rounds and been doing really well. Oh, okay. Yeah. She'll probably pop up on The Masked Singer at some point, too. Oh, yeah. If she, <laughs> if she hasn't already, how would we know? We don't follow it. No. <laughs> Anyway, A Message to Your Heart, sung by Samantha Janus for the UK in 1991. What have we got next? So next up is our semi-final. Oh. So this is one of our newer slots. This Mm. is a song that was performed at the semi-final. Didn't get enough points to get through to the final. Now, I know that Ryan is still sore about this one. Tell us who it is. So this is TikTok by Albina. Albina or Albina? Albina, Albina. (laughs) For Croatia in 2021.
after that was TikTok by Albino. Yeah, that was better than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> See, this is the song. This is my version of your songs that you've been so passionate about. Yeah. And this is where I now understand where you come from. Because from 2021 onwards, I've got more into the competition. Yeah. So I follow it from before the competition starts. Yeah. So I was like, I absolutely loved this going in. And I thought it was going to do really well. And then when it didn't, I was like, but it should be doing well. Yeah. And that's exactly what you feel with all of your entries in this yeah. section. So this is this is me being you and being still outraged by this not getting through. But it is even worse for you. Last time we had If I Had Your Love by Selma, that was 16th. What position was this in the semi-final? Was this 11th? It was 11th. Yes. Yeah, just So this out. was if in the new format the this new would get change, through. This would yes. have got through. Because it was more popular with the televote than it was with the jury. Yes. Yeah. So this is the sort of song we'll get through on the basis of the rule vote change in the semi-finals. Mm. Yes. Very Ooh, topical. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> See, and look at all these things that I now know about the competition. Exactly. <laughs> I feel like it suffered though because it was called TikTok. Maybe. That's why I didn't like it immediately because I was like, oh, it's cashing in on the app. Mm. Uh, that's a bit cheap. And TikTok's already... It wasn't over, obviously, because it's it's grown since then even more. But like, it was already like, oh, God, it's trying to be with the kids. But mm. yeah, I don't know. It was... I didn't like the guys and I didn't like her costume. The, well, this was the year of the silver dress, wasn't it? It was. But it looked like one of um, Cheryl Hole's knockoffs no. from, from RuPaul's Drag Race. It very much looked like something that someone would have made on the set of Drag Race. On a design challenge. Yeah, on a design challenge. And Ru would have said, and oh, well, Michelle Visage would have said, not another leotard. Mm, not yeah. another bodysuit. Yes. Yeah. That sort of level. Yeah. And I also think, I can see that the staging sort of falls apart as well because there's no clear narrative. It's lots of little set pieces of like oh let's have these lasers coming in here yeah. and it looked like you know interacting with the screen in the background and then there's that really weird moment when she duplicates five times yes for no, for no reason. reason yeah but i still love the song yes and i bet when it comes up on the spotify playlist we'll be boogieing along to it like absolutely yeah, i'm exactly. very excited to add this to our little playlist yes. yeah if you're not listening to it yet you're only getting half the eurovision Queen story <laughs> Good. Um, the costumes that the men are wearing, I want to be excited and like them, but they're, they're partly silver. There's also a bit of a nude bit at the sides, isn't mm-hmm. there? Oh, I think it's a, yeah, a nude illusion. A nude illusion. <laughs> but they've also got sort of this t-shirty fabric at the front, which is flabby. And one of them looks quite paunchy. And I'm like, this is just not doing anything for them. They're really baggy at the front, um, where I want them to be tight. Mm. But Because um, yeah. you're a whore. Because I'm a whore. But um, they're a bit Blake Seven-y. <laughs> they're a bit like, oh, we've landed on the planet Epsilon and we're going to try and con Servalan out of some drugs or mm. something like that. It's a bit like that. Not here for it. Mm. No. But they're definitely feeling like they're living their best lives, aren't they? You can tell. They're very happy to be there. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a fun song. There's not a lot to it. But it punches through enough to think, oh, yeah, there was that cool dancey number. That was fun. I would dance to that. I feel like there may have been a little bit of controversy (gasps) because when it qualified, it wasn't in English. So maybe I'm making that up. Yeah. Or maybe I'm weird knowledge buried in my head somewhere. Very weird. Yeah. Very weird. It still managed to reach um, the number one in the Croatian charts. So there Correct. you go. Correct. <laughs> um, she 
was previously on the Croatian version of The Voice. So, Because I think that's how they qualify, isn't it? Is it? I believe you. But she did win both the jury and the televote when she went for, you know, through the national final. So she was the obvious winner. Good. But yes. Mm. So, I'm glad we had her. Yes. Good old Albina with TikTok. Yes. Didn't qualify, but not forgotten. No, but maybe she's one of the reasons for the rule change. Mm. That's our song. Okay. We move on to our sixth song, which is the Juice Award. I need you to go to Eurovision. Eurovision. That's the song that should have reached Eurovision, but didn't. It didn't get past the national final stage. What have we got? What's the song? We've got She's After My Piano by Two Fabiola featuring Laura Donna. And they represented Belgium in 2014. So, that was She's After My Piano. What do you think of that track? 
Mm, it is a fun one, isn't it? It is. <laughs> I heard it on the Eurovision Legends podcast to begin with, and it was an interview with Ovidiu Jakobsen, also known as Ovi, who sang Playing With Fire with Paula Selling. From last yeah, episode. Yeah, from last episode, yes. He wrote this with a few other people, and it was kind of one of those um, Eurovision, what's it called? Sweatshops. Yes. Or, where they come together and they songwrite together yeah. for a time. And it came out of that. And Belgium wanted the song, and they got the Belgian dance group to Fabiola in collaboration with the singer Loredana to participate in the national final for 2014 it came third mm. the one that won that day i'm just checking was mother performed by axel hersu and i remember that was a bit shit so i'm kind of a bit disappointed more disappointed now to know that that's what went through rubbish but rubbish it, I, I might be getting my timelines all wrong here but is 2014 the year that ovi went back with miracle Ooh, good question <laughs> you're right it was 2014 Check me out. So Ovi or Ovi would have been um, competing, competing with... against one of his own songs. Yes. So that would have been a bit awkward for him. Well, I don't know. You just think, well, it would, you'd just have a bit of the Johnny Logans about you, wouldn't you? You'd be like, oh, I've got two songs. Oh. Like <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, it always pisses me off about Johnny Logan, apart from the fact that... I, let's oh, not give him airtime. No, it just pisses me off that he always says he's won Eurovision three times. Or four times, or whatever he claims. He's won it twice on his own. He didn't win the year that Linda Martin won. Linda Martin won it. He fucking wrote it only. End of my Johnny Logan annoyance rant. Good. So, I think that was a fun song. I, I liked it when I first heard it on a podcast. It, yeah. the, uh, the video we watched on YouTube was, was not good. It, yeah, it was just a music video, wasn't yeah, it? It was just a, a bad one. Yeah. yeah. So we haven't got a proper performance to talk about. We haven't. But I hope you enjoyed it. It's a nice, fun entry in the Juice Awards slot. Mm. And we now move to our final category. Uh-oh. Yes. Time to fire up the randomizer. Uh, what year do you think it's going to be? Well, it's always an old year, so it's going to be an old year. Well, no, because recently we've had some... Didn't, what did we have last time? Uh, 2021 or 22? Was it 22? No, it was 21, because yeah. it was someone who should have been up 2020. 20. Well, you should have more faith. It's come up with fairly recent 2016. Oh, that's one of my favourite Eurovision years. I always think if I'm asked... When I'm invited to a podcast to be asked, mm-hmm. what's your favourite Eurovision year? I would either say 2003 or 2007 or 2016. <laughs> yeah, I have three choices. Okay. Don't laugh at me. Mm-hmm. But 2016, of course, is the year which um, Ukraine won. Um, but it should have been Yon Woman from Australia, Danny Im. But it was um, Ukrainian Woman singing 1944. So how many tracks have we got? We have got 26 songs. Well, for the randomizers to choose from. Yes, let me just check that. No, you're right. Is it? Yeah. I've got the list in front of me and I'm just looking at it. I shouldn't really do this, but some of these I really wouldn't want to be played. One or two of them we've had before. Oh. Yeah. No surprise we've already had Sweden. (laughs) What's that one? Oh, yeah, if I were sorry, it's got Polygenova. It's got... um, Oh, so many good tracks. Gosh, we've never actually had a one where the randomizer's chosen one we've already played. It might be this time. I'm going to click the button. Ooh, song 24. Oh, we narrowly missed out on the UK entry, Joe and Jake, You're Not Alone, which I'm very pleased about. But we've gone... Oh, the randomizer is our friend. <laughs> we've got Zoe from Austria singing Luan de Sea. One of my absolute favourites. Hooray! Wow. 
So, take it away, Zoe. Zoe singing Luan de Sea for Austria. Mm. No secret. I adore that song. When we watched 2016 again on Eurovision again, <laughs> I... Well, again, 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 again. Again, again. I actually I scored it and I voted it as my favourite for that year. Yeah? It's actually my number one for that year, which is saying a lot when you've got Polly Genova and you've got oh, so many other good songs. If I were sorry. Yeah, friends. But in terms of... That performance, the joy of that, and the lyrical composition of that, oh, joy, mm. love it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, it's good because it, it, she's on a, like a yellow brick road almost type thing. Yeah, that, I, wrote like, down, the... I wrote down pink brick road. Yes. Yeah. And then it goes blue later. Yeah. 
but like all the all the screens and there's like everything just reacts perfectly to the song and it doesn't distract from the song yeah like the complete opposite from tiktok it's like it's got a very clear yes exactly what this is going to do and just builds to the as rupaul says it has a point of view yes it has a very clear point of view a coherent narrative yes (laughs) and she's in a peach fantasy of a dress isn't she it's yeah, it's kind of like kind of pixie esque yeah. or elvish. I would have made elven, elven even yes. <laughs> Could be elvish. I don't know. But you've got poppies as well, which is the Wizard of Oz theme again. But this was the year of the projectors, um, twenty sixteen, and the screens because I honestly believe that's why the Ukrainian song won because it had that projection on the floor of that gorgeous orange spiral and it was just the most beautiful projection of the night mm. and I think that was just so obviously it was the, the power of that song which is even more powerful now because of what has since happened in Ukraine but um, and I'm glad it won for that reason yeah the projections were really cool in 2016 mm. so thank you Randomizer I want to tell you a bit more about Zoe but I have to hurriedly research this <laughs> so Zoe Straub um, born 1996, um, known as Zoe. And that's actually spelt with capital letters, you know, as a performer. Oh, yeah, what place did you think she came? I reckon this was maybe top five. It should have been. It was 13th. Only, ouch. Which is really ouch, halfway down. Yeah. That's how amazing it is. I think it came a bit too far. I think it's one of those songs, sometimes 24, 25, 26, that people are like, I've already decided there's so many amazing songs. I, can't, I haven't got room to think of another one. I feel like a lot of songs from today have been have come 13th. Oh, it should have been the thirteenth episode, but it's the fifteenth episode. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're going to call this episode "Middle of the Table" because we had Albina that was like eleventh; it was halfway on that list. We had Samantha Janice was tenth; this was thirteenth. Oh, that works. Mm. Not for all of them, but for most. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, a bit more on Zoe Straub. Um, she was born in Vienna. And she, I get the feeling, reading about her, that her parents were quite pushy stage school parents, and she was she was singing at the, from a young age, okay. and was in an Austrian reality singing competition called Kiddie Contest, which sounds Ooh, horrible. God. Yeah, um, her album debut came out in 2015. She re-released that after Luan Dussi's success, and um, yeah, she's her connection with Eurovision is strong. She served as a judge on the San Marinese national selection event in 2018. Wow. So the San Marino, but she was actually part of the funding um, force behind that contest actually happening in San Marino. She helped co-fund it. Wow. Yeah. Cool. I also just want to flag up, because I know about it already, a song that she sung, which I love, called Quel Filou, which is on the album debut, and I think we're going to hear a bit of that now, because it's gorgeous. Quel Filou Back to Lawanda Sea for a minute, just to say, what does it mean? It means far away from here, which I didn't really know that at all, but it makes sense. Um, it's about going to a new musical land, uh-huh. which ties us in with what you said at the start of the episode. Oh, yeah, it's almost like yeah. I knew. I know. And when you sing, yes, I also sing. When you jump, me too. When you fly, yes, I also fly. If you jump, me too. In a land far away from here, in such a paradise, in a land far away from here, we sing, we sing. So that's the chante, chante. Yeah. Uh, Love it. Hence the brick road. Yes. 
And when the road seems to end, undoubtedly I'm with you. Undoubtedly, even if we lost, and we not get lost, undoubtedly I'm with you. In a land far away from here. Oh, mm. love it. Cool. I like it even more now. <laughs> Thank you, Randomizer. You were good to us this week. I'm on a bit of a roll with the Randomizer. So we have time for one more thing only, and that is our socials. Yeah. On Twitter, you can find us at EuroQueensPod. On Instagram, we're Eurovision Queens. There's so many wonderful reels there. Have a look at them. Enjoy them. On email, the old email, EurovisionQueens at gmail.com. On all of those, we've got a link to our Spotify playlist where we've compiled all the songs we've played. And it's, it's well over four hours now. It's probably going to be pushing five hours after this episode. <laughs> but it's so good. It's got so many good songs on it. Wonderful Eurovision goodness. Yeah. Whenever you need just a bit of music to accompany what you're doing, just stick that on. Yeah. It's definitely what I do. Until next time, keep it Eurovision, enjoy your national finals, and we will see you in a few weeks' time. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.